Salutations, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast. And I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that ails you through the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we put yet another spotlight on the downtown New York maverick genius composer, John Zorn. But this particular spotlight focuses on John Zorn's vocal works. By now, there are many vocal works within the Zorn catalog, or the Zorn canon, if you will. This is a spotlight into many of those different styles, but by all means, not all of them. And it is to give you a diverse glimpse into just one aspect of this universal genius composer, who is still writing fantastic works of music. So, we are going to discuss some of these works in between and we are actually going to hear from the composer himself on some of the things that he has said about his own writing and the process behind writing vocal works so with that said let's get to some music
What we just heard there was uh, a piece entitled Columbina, and it comes from John Zorn's album Comedia dell'Arte, and it is uh, a beautiful album and a lot of different um, instrumentations and things like this. Um, yeah, this is uh, from uh, it came out in 2016. Um, but it's just amazing, and on that last piece, it's all—it's written for four female voices, and that was Sarah Braley, Eliza Bag, Rachel Calloway, and Kirsten Solek, all on vocals. Uh, before that, you heard uh, a piece from John Zorn's EIO album, and it's a bunch of overdubbed female voices to make uh, this kind of female choir. And it's a track called Lucifer Rising because this en entire album uh, is a dedication to the filmmaker Kenneth Anger. Or Anger, whichever way you want to put it. Tomato, tomato. Um, interesting note, real quick, about Kenneth Anger is um, he was recently a part of the TV show Ghost Adventures with Zach Bagans and the whole, you know, paranormal, you know, searching out ghosts and, you know, demonic presences in haunted locations, etc. on I believe it's A and E. And um they actually interviewed Kenneth Onger because he had lived in for a long time in this house. And there was a lot of um references to Aleister Crowley, etc. So, if you'd like to, if you're into that, and you'd like to, you know, kind of see Kenneth Onger in action, besides just his films, there you go. But this album, EIO, is dedicated to Kenneth Onger, and uh, the really cool part is that there's seven compositions, seven tracks on this album, and each of the seven is based on this uh, very specific instrumentation that doesn't reoccur for each track and it explores this uh, in each track a different form of like meditation or trance you know and it's supposed to lead to a spiritual revelation so you have all these different tracks and Lucifer Rising is these like sensuous you know voices female voices that are overdubbed so it definitely presents this um, mystical, mysterious element, and that's really cool because it's something different for vocals. And then we open up the set with a tune called Merkaba, and it comes from John Zorn's Filmworks Volume 14 album, Hiding and Seeking. And within that track we heard Mark Rebo on the guitar Kenny Wallison on the vibraphone, Trevor Dunn on the bass Ciro Baptista on the percussion and Ganda Suthivarakam on the vocals this is recorded in 2003 and the album was put out in 2003 too it's a gorgeous album of, of music uh, there's a couple of vocal tracks on this, actually. So, 
And more than anything, that's what I really hope to display here on this spotlight of John Zorn's vocal works, is that we have one track that sounds very Eastern. We have another track that's this mysterious, sensuous, kind of overdubbed female whispers. And then there's another piece that's for four female voices and like a female choir uh, based on inspiration from the Commedia dell'arte. So, yeah, that's three completely different things right there. And we're just in the first set. So, we've got um, some interesting, real interesting, more interesting music coming at you. So, this next selection comes from John Zorn's work, Chimerous, which I believe was inspired by Schoenberg's Piero Lanaire. So, there's a little uh, segue from Commedia dell'Art to Piero Lanaire. Thank you very much. If you would like to, please leave a comment. Uh, we always value comments. We are on SoundCloud. You can also find us on iTunes Podcasts. And you can also find us on Stitcher. It's the Dr. Jazz Podcast. We also have a website. Dr. Jazz Podcast. D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. And you can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at N-D-H Jazz. Thanks so much. Let's get to some more music.
All right. That was Vocal Phase from John Zorn's Filmworks Volume 12, 2002 Volume 2, Three Documentaries. And that was uh, Jennifer Charles on vocals being dubbed and overdubbed. Now, you may say, who are these people? Who is Jennifer Charles? Well, if you are into, you know, other musicians and vocalists in Zorn's circle, universe, world, whatever you want to call it, then you probably know Mike Patton. And Mike Patton uh, had made this record with Nathaniel Merriweather called Nathaniel Merriweather Presents Lovage, Music to Make Love to Your Old Lady By. And there were two vocalists along with uh, Nathaniel Merriweather. And it was Mike Patton and Jennifer Charles. So if you've heard the Lovage album, then you've already heard Jennifer Charles. It's in a completely different category. It's a completely different manner. But you've already heard Jennifer Charles. And Zorn brought out a completely different side to her, which I think is a testament to Jennifer's artistry. And Zorn's writing for vocals. Uh, yeah. Very cool stuff. Uh, before that, we heard Framenti del Safo from Zorn's Mysterium album. And that was a five-piece female choir. And that was Lisa Bilowa, Martha Kluver, Abby Fisher, Kirsten Solek, and Martha Sullivan, all on vocals. And um, this is a real interesting piece um, because it, it's wordless, again, Um but it's like this weird mix of like minimalist repetition and renaissance textures. Um, some folks have said it sounds like a cross between uh, Gisualdo and Philip Glass, but without, of the ed- without the edginess of either. Uh, but Zorn says that this is one of the most breathtakingly beautiful pieces in my entire catalog. It's hot. This piece from Minty Del Sappho is highly regarded by Zorn, but many others feel that this particular piece is one of his least compelling compositions um, due to its modal uniformity, mechanical voicing, and atypically subdued mood. So maybe there's something that Zorn knows that we don't know. And we're going to get to that in a minute. But we started off the set with five. And what five is, is it's part of um, a larger work called Chimerous, which is 12 parts. This is part five for voice, violin, and percussion. So, and the voice is Ilana Davidson. Violin is Jennifer Choi. And percussion is Willie Wynant, William Wynant. Um... Yeah, Kimmerus came out in 2003 on the Zodic label, and it is a very, very 
cool piece. And I was right. It was inspired, loosely inspired, by Schoenberg's Piero Lanier and scored for the exact same small ensemble plus percussion. So, um, but I'm going to actually let Zorn from an interview from 2007 give you some glimpses into his writing of vocal works. Of course, voice is something that's really important, and uh, I mean, you could say I've studied breath work from listening to Frank Sinatra, whose breathing techniques are incredible and his sense of phrasing. So just, you know, from listening to a lot of vocal music through the years, from, you know, early, early music, you know, chant, Ars Nova, Machot, into modern pop music, uh, it's, it's, it's been something that's a constant learning experience for me. And uh, I have no, you know, pedagogies aside from waking up in the morning and listening to music and dealing with it, you know, all through the day and even at night when I'm asleep. <laughs> so it, it is something that's important. But what's interesting, I don't, were you at the concert, um, was it last night? Yeah. At Sunday Cal Performances? Yeah. Oh, jeez. And you asked about breathing? <laughs> I guess because I was circular breathing or something? I've just always been interested in that with you, with your work, so... Well, I mean, the interesting thing about last night is I had a piece for five voices, which they actually did with six voices for some mysterious reason, but we'll leave that alone. And, uh, it, you know, when you write for voices, you very much have to be concerned about what's possible and what's impossible. Uh, and, you know, knowing when breaths need to be taken, knowing how to mark the score and, you know, we're phrasing you know, can happen and ha can happen in the best possible way is important. And vocal music is something I stayed away from for many, many, many years. I've been basically doing instrumental music for almost as long as you know me. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started writing vocal music. And now it seems like every concert music piece I write is for, uses voice. I don't know why that is. It's almost like I felt like I wasn't ready to write vocal music or work with vocalists until I, you know, got into a more mature area of, of, of knowledge, of, of knowing it. And that's how I work, step by step, little baby steps at a time. I don't just jump into something without knowing what it's about, which a lot of people seem to think. I'm really careful about who I work with and what I involve in my musical world, and it's got to be something that has meaning for me in a, in a deep, kind of honest way. Um, so slowly voice began to make more, more sense to me. I, don't, not, I, I think it's because I, you know, I got older or something.
smacks his head against the wall No one knows better than McCain How it hurts a man to fight That is human after
darkness to might, darkness transformed into light, Holy Spirit, Father and Son. From future to past, not seeking life to recast, from the sacred path to rebirth.
Mr. Mark Rebo on guitar on that. For sure. That was Perfect Crime, originally written uh, as part of the Masada Songbook 2 as a composition called Dalkiel from the Lucifer album featuring the Bar Kokhba Sextet. And uh, this, what we, we just heard, was part of the John Zorn Song Project live from Le Poisson Rouge. And this came out in, let's see, 2015, I believe. And this was basically a group that Zorn spearheaded. And he basically says, I trust you, Sophia Ray, Jesse Harris, Mike Patton, and in this case, Sean Lennon, son of John and Yoko, um, to write lyrics to my instrumental compositions. So, um, Sean Lennon wrote words to Dalkiel, which became Perfect Crime, and that featured Mike Patton on the vocals, who was featured on this entire set. Uh, Mike Patton on the vocals. Of course, we heard the scintillating guitar of that six-string samurai Mark Rebo, John Medeski on the organ, Kenny Wallison on the vibes, Trevor Dunn on the bass, Joey Barron on the drum set, Ciro Baptista on percussion, and Zorn conducting and giving solo cues and just doing his thing. Before that, we heard from the Templars group, which features Mike Patton on The Voice, John Medeski on the organ, Joey Barron on the drums, and Trevor Dunn on the bass. So four hand-picked musicians from the group that we just heard from the song project. And they have um, a couple albums, and this one that we heard was Trinity. And it comes from the John Zorn album, The Last Judgment, from 2014. And this is one of the few that you can get on vinyl at Zodic.com. T-Z-A-D-I-K. Zodic.com. That's Zorn's record label. And it will help offset some of the costs from the um, huge snafu that happened with Pledge Music, where they basically ripped off Zorn and a bunch of other artists and studio engineers. But I'm not going to get into that soapbox again. And then we opened up the set with The Ballad of Hank McCain. And this is from the Big Gun Down 15th Anniversary Edition. And that featured, again, Mike Patton on vocals, the great Jamie Saft on keyboards, and Ciro Baptista on the percussion. So, and just one of the most killer tracks in, in I think, in Zorn's whole catalog. But, I don't know. Uh, we've got... A couple more songs from the Song Project because that was such a great project. I mean, they covered a 
of anything was game in Zorn's catalog that didn't have words. Like, go for it. Put words to it if you if you dig it. And they, man, Sophia Ray, Jesse Harris, and Mike Patton just, they went crazy. They went to Filmworks. They went to Naked City. They went to Masada. They went to just current projects, you know, the piano trio albums, tons of stuff. And we've got two more tracks coming at you from that. Real quick, I want to um, remind you that you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast and all of our spotlights on the great John Zorn on SoundCloud, iTunes Podcasts, and Stitcher. Please share with your friends. And don't forget that we have a website, Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z-Podcast.wordpress. Dot com, And we would love to hear feedback or questions. If you have questions, we'd love to answer them. So, yeah. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at NDHJazz. Let's get to some more music. Though you may say 
just a man And you can join him To Calvary stand Yes, you can join him To Calvary stand Yes, you can join him To Calvary Sin luna ni sal 
cuando volverás Porque todo tiene que ser tan específico 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 K-A-Y-A-M by Miss Sophia Ray and J.C. Maylard from Volume 1 of the book Bariah, the Masada Songbook 3, Keter. That is the name of the album. And there are 11 volumes in the Masada Songbook 3, the book Bariah. And this is a hell of a first one. It's incredible. The whole album is incredible. And Sophia Ray's vocals are incredible. And she contributes those to the Zorn composition, Kayam. Uh, before that, we heard Sombra and El Epsejo by Sophia Ray from the John Zorn Song Project, which is taken from the song... Um, Besos de Sangre from the Filmworks uh, album El General or the, the General and um, yeah just she provides gorgeous lyrics to it you know and uh, before that we started off the set with Mr. Jesse Harris uh, providing words for the Zorn composition towards Kafiristan from the album The Concealed and he just named it Kafiristan. So, yeah. And if you're not familiar with Jesse Harris, he it's quite an honor to have him on the whole John Zorn Song Project because uh, you might have heard 
of a tune that, you know, he, he put words to. And uh, hopefully you don't look down on him from this, but uh, Don't Know Why by Nora Jones, her first big hit, the one that scored her a bunch of Grammys, etc. That was all Jesse Harris. So, yeah. I mean, Nora was a front person, and she's talented. No disrespect to Nora, but, yeah. Jesse wrote those lyrics. So, there you have it. Two great folks in Zorn's company and in his world and his circle there. Um, and what we try to provide is another glimpse into the vocal works of John Zorn, you know. Um, the Song Project is a, is a big, I think, contribution towards Zorn's vocal works, uh, as is the fact that he is putting, allowing words into his Masada catalog. I think that's pretty huge. So, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to let Zorn say uh, a few more words about um, wordless vocals versus vo uh, vocals with text. In, in the last couple of years, you've been writing a lot of vocal music, whether it's solo or trios, big choral pieces. You've been doing it a lot lately. Or pieces like Kimmeris and Rituals all involve um, Kimmeris very... Rituals maybe was the first. That's like right. maybe 97 or something like that. That and very con you know complicated lines and um, vocal leads, all kinds of techniques. And the interesting thing, and you also worked um, on your moon, Moonchild project with another kind of vocalist. That's right. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and you've li literally uh, probably written hours of music now for voice for yeah. voice but you for you've never used any texts that's right i never use text so i was wondering why why that well text has its own rhythm and its own melody um from you know learning other languages I, I began to really appreciate the beauty even of the english language and the way it rises and falls and to be given a, a text, to me, is, uh, I mean, I guess some composers think of it as a challenge. Some composers think of it as almost a way of solving compositional problems, because kind of the piece is basically done. There it is. Now you just kind of like illustrate it with right. music. I, I'm not an illustrator in any way. I don't like to be limited. And in some ways, um, I like to respect the text so much that I feel like I can't impose a melody on a text, because it's already there in the poetry of the language. But I also feel like as a composer, I'm limited. I'm already given a form. I can't really recreate a structure. A text has a form and an integrity of itself. And I don't feel that I can really, um, I don't feel free. When, I, when I'm writing, I like to think of it like a journey where anything can happen. I can, I can end up anywhere in a sense. You kind of, you pack your bags and you go. And you just, well, I don't know where I'm going to go. And writing a piece, you need a certain vision and a certain direction, but it, you, I need a sense of freedom. And I feel like writing for text, I don't have the freedom. So I love the sound of the voice, and it's always been vocalese, pretty much. Wordless uh, voice, or sounds, or sometimes syllables. Um, but for the most part, I, I've stayed away from text. This last piece, Evocation, um, started to use texts that are in whispered whisper, in yeah. a whisper, which then it becomes also very ephemeral. It's not really about, I mean, what was written was important right. in a magical sense, but the fact that it's not completely understood by the audience is also very important. Right. So again, it's like playing with the idea of 
non-coherent words. The words are not really there, but they are there. <laughs>
All right. So that was the extended vocal piece called Earth Spirit, and it comes from Zorn's album entitled The Alchemist. Um, it's the only vocal piece on the album. It's really interesting, and there's a lot of vocal techniques going on there. Um, let's give credit where credit is due. So on credited as one of the vocalists are M- Melissa Hughes and Jane Sheldon, as well as Kirsten Solek. She keeps coming around and around and around as one of the vocalists that John Zorn goes to in these uh, situations. Now, um, what's really interesting is that there's mainly been female vocals within the um, within the more traditional realm. I mean, when you get into pop music and stuff like that, yes, we've included you know Mike Patton and Jesse Harris, but it's an observation I think that's worth noting that Zorn, when he writes for extended vocal techniques and things like that, he goes to uh, female voices or, you know, female voice choirs or overdubbing. So, very interesting, but very... It's worth a listen, and I'm glad to share it with you here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Um, Before that... We had two selections from the vocal, the female, there you go, all-female vocal group, My Kale. Um, and the one right before Earth Spirit was uh, a piece entitled Pascar. And that comes from the Book of Angels, Volume 25, uh, Gamori. And that, um, that is, it's a great album, but it's all... Um, it's all vocals. There's no backing instruments or anything. So, and it's actually the uh, the track that closes out the entire album, and I think it's gorgeous. So, um, the vocals are Ayelet Rose Gottlieb, Sophia Ray, who we heard from earlier with the John Zorn Song Project, Sarah Serpa, and Malika Zara. And a slight change in personnel. Uh, Before that, we heard uh, Melech from the Book of Angels, Masada Songbook 2, Volume 13, Michael. And um, this is a ticket who the group is named after. And it is, of course, Sophia Ray, again, uh, Malika Zara. Ayelet Rose Gottlieb and Basia Schechter. So, she is um, the difference in those two groups. So, I'm not sure exactly what went on personnel-wise, but um, there you go. So, and it, it's worth noting that these are two... Uh, the first two tracks of that last set are... Uh, tracks that are part of the Masada canon. Uh, they're from Masada, the second Masada song book, you know, which has spanned over 32 albums, as gargantuan as that is. Um, but yeah, it, it's one of the few times we hear female vocals. I'm trying to think. It might be the only time that we hear any kind of vocals, really. Um, but yeah, 
And that's quite a statement for Zorn to entrust, you know, an all-female choir to sing Masada compositions. So, definitely different and beautiful. Um, so, yeah, hope you enjoy it. We have one, two more sets to go. Uh, they're very varied. So, um yeah, we're, you know, we had, um, in that interview segment, <coughs> we had John Zorn talking about, um, in, a, in a question and answer session from 2007, uh, I believe over at Cal Arts over in California, uh, with Larry Oaks, um, there, he was, uh, asked about wordless vocals and writing for that and then they mentioned Mike Patton and which he was part of the relatively new at the time group Moonchild with Trevor Dunn on the bass and Joey Barron on the drum so we would be remiss if we did not include some of that so we're going to start off this next set with that here is from the self-entitled Moonchild album Ghosts of Thelema <laughs>
gorgeous that was out of the eternal sphere and that is actually the simulacrum group the trio john medeski on on keyboards and on organ kenny grahowski on the drums and matt hollenberg on guitar with the addition on this particular album the garden of earthly delights that includes trevor dunn added on bass, as well as Sarah Serpa on vocals, which we heard from her previously in the podcast. And a little bit about this album. Uh, The album The Garden of Earthly Delights is the sixth CD from Simulacrum, and it is, well, it was, um, it was, created to celebrate the 500th anniversary of the passing of Hieronymus Bosch, who Zorn lauds as one of the greatest painters the world has ever known, and some of his work is on the cover, in fact. Um, Zorn believes that Bosch was a visionary of unparalleled power whose imagination and fantastical creations remain uniquely his own. Bosch is one of the most enigmatic figures in world art. Inspired by his surreal visions of heaven and hell, the Garden of Earthly Delights blends heavy metal, blues, funk, jazz, and modern classical music together into one of the strangest amalgams you've ever heard. So, there you go. Uh, And... The last track was part of that, Out of the Eternal Sphere, which is one of the most gorgeous things that Zorn has ever written. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, We heard uh, a track called I Have Come Into My Garden, which features Lisa Bilawa, Martha Kluver, Abigail Fisher, Catherine Mulvihill, and Kirsten Solek again on vocals. 
And these five ladies are part of the five voices that comprise the album Shir Hashirim, which is an album that Zorn came up with in December of 2013. And it draws upon traditions of plain chant, medieval Ars Nova, Renaissance madrigals, 20th century vocal techniques, and minimalism. And it's Zorn's music for a cappella voice. Um, <laughs> his website claims that this is the definitive recording of his sublime, transcendent, and radiant work inspired by the seductive lyricism of the world's oldest known erotic verse. Recorded by the Sapphites, and that's what their names are, those five ladies that I mentioned earlier, that they're known as the Sapphites. The, they are the same all-star quintet that Zorn recorded first with Frementi del Sappho which we heard earlier in the podcast from the album Mysterium in 2004. They are also the same group that recorded Zorn's work on the Holy Visions. But this track, I Have Come Into My Garden from Shir Hashirim, is um, a sensual evocation of King Solomon's poetic aphrodisiac, The Song of Songs or the Psalm of Psalms. And um, it's gorgeous music all throughout, but it's also packaged with the within the CD um, with these erotic drawings by Rodin. You know, the thinker, Rodin. So it's just another wonderful testament and, and, and marriage of artistic ideals coming together for... A typical Zorn package. There you go. I mean, the guy knows how to mesh and create art like nobody's business. And before that, we actually heard the Ghosts of the Lima to start off the, the entire set. And in a different sense of, of vocal works, you know, because that's what we're spotlighting here is John Zorn's vocal works. It's Mike Patton. And there's different things going on, little whispers here and little, like, haunting melodies floating on top there. And, of course, he is in company with the Moonchild Trio of Trevor Dunn on the bass and Joey Barron on the drums. Um, in fact, it comes from the self-entitled Moonchild album from 2006, and the subtitle of the album is Music Without Words. And... They can be groovy, they can be beautiful, they can be heavy and, and just, they can just, you know, rip you with chainsaws, you know, musically speaking. Um, and it does, you know, take your breath away, but it's, it's, it's a different kind of group. But, you know, I'm going to allow Zorn to have a word from that same um, informant's kind of... Um, interview from 2007 and granted things have changed you know don't don't hold this as gospel this is just kind of where he was in 2007 you know and composers change and that's that's totally fine but it's nice to get just a little insight into the way that 
the mind of a genius works. And here, Zorn talks about the language, and he talks about uh, writing, and he talks about um, songs with words versus songs without words. And um, he also talks about alchemy and art. So take it away. In some older pieces, it, um, um, that's okay. And you did use a, some texts. I know uh, in New York on your 40th birthday, we did a piece um, for three narrators or three right. uh, Asian narrators, and you had like nine instrumentalists behind them. And they were reading texts. I, I think they were reading them in a... In a they were, that's it. They were reading the texts. They were reading the text, and that's right. that's from from uh, the suite of three pieces that I did for twin instrumentalist and narrator. And then I was using the vocalist. Really, one was reading in Vietnamese, one was reading in Mandarin Chinese, and one was reading in Korean. Korean. Yeah. And it was just reading. I commissioned texts, had them translated, and then the melody that was inherent in the spoken language right. was. It's kind of backed up by, you know, I two drums or two guitars. Those yeah, pieces are very beautiful. Those really are beautiful pieces, and that, those are pieces that really use the, the just spoken language as a melody or as a rhythm in the Korean in the Korean piece, where it's it's kind of um, battling their uh, drummers. Well, for non-native speakers, you can get kind of a, sort of just the vocalization. It happening. becomes a melody completely because you right. can't even understand what's being said unless you understand Korean or. Yeah. And which is also a great way of avoiding the trap of uh, of those kind of meanings. Um, when words come into it, sometimes very heavy meanings can come along with it, and sometimes they're not they're not desirable in, in, in a musical format. For me, again, it's almost limiting things. I like I like to create something that has a lot of interpretations. Like a vort vorticism is something I was always interested in, which is one of Pound's things in the early part of the 20th century. It was like um, an artwork is like a prism, and the light goes through the prism and then breaks up into a hundred different directions. And those are all the very meanings and interpretations of a single work. So I try to I think it in terms of that, creating something that has uh, the potential of being looked at in many, many ways to get thinking patterns to happen on many levels. So, I mean, that, that connects with a lot of the things I'm doing now with music in terms of like alchemy and magic, or alchemy is just basically, you know, you could say turning lead into gold. You could say making art out of garbage, which is what uh, Jack Smith basically taught me, that you know, great art is made from the detritus of society. And, and the secret of alchemy is transforming that which was thrown away into something that's treasured. And that's what making art is, kind of for me.
Oh, <laughs> 
Fragmina anima. Sanatio.
Interstars, Oboto, Bavus, Pistidas, Viriditatum, Inspiration, Sapiens Electricus, Aquarius, Spes.
my god, what a brilliant piece. <clears throat> that was The Holy Visions from the Sapphites. We're talking about Eliza Bagg, Sarah Braley, Rachel Calloway, Jane Sheldon, and Kirsten Solek. And it comes from the album Sacred Visions. The tune is called, or the composition, it's a full composition, it's called The Holy Visions, but the album is called Sacred Visions, and it basically presents two masterpieces from Zorn, and The Holy Visions is a mystery play in 11 strophes concerning the life, work, and philosophy of the 12th century composer healer and visionary mystic Hildegard von Bingen. And by the way, her music is amazing if you haven't, you know, heard, you know, her music. And is one of Zorn's most beloved and acclaimed works for voice. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and it's one of those epic works, too, but it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Um, before that, we heard the Mad. Uh, a magical by Zorn called The Devil's Walk and Zorn's Magicals is um, presented by Lisa Balawa, Sarah Braley, Rachel Calloway, Melissa Hughes, Jane Sheldon, and Kirsten Solek again um, it came out in January 2016 uh, from the album Madrigals and it's divided into two books book one and book two and what we heard was The Devil's Walk from Book One. And some words that Zorn has for this is um, it's for a cappella voice, and it presents two books of magicals for six female voices. Beautifully performed by his longtime ensemble, The Sapphites. The music is even more varied and challenging than his previous masterpieces, The Holy Visions, which we just heard, and Shir Hashirim which we heard from the last set, touching upon minimalism, tonal and atonal counterpoint, textural experiments, and more. Inspired by the visionary poetry of 19th century British romantic Percy Bysshe Shelley, a charming lyricism and subtle spirituality rides through the music from first note to last. And then we opened up the set with opening invocation from John Zorn's Filmworks Volume 22, The Last Supper, which features Martha Kluver, Lisa Bilawa, Abby Fisher, Kirsten Solek, and Caleb Burhans on vo vocals, plus Ciro Baptista and the maestro composer himself, John Zorn, on percussion. Well, we thank you for listening so much. We do love you madly. Uh, hopefully you've learned something and gained inspiration from this spotlight into John Zorn's vocal works. Just one more spotlight into the maverick genius that is John Zorn. Remember, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes Podcasts, and Stitcher. We would love to hear feedback or any questions, and we will answer them on the next podcast. So until next time, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in Zorn, we trust.